Well, let's turn our attention to the Word of God for a few moments. There's really a kind of a festive mood in the air, like a holiday mood. And I think especially after last weekend, you know, with our Christmas end of the year function, I tell you, I, I think I'm thoroughly now in the Christmas and holiday mood. I don't know about you. Some of your parents are going, ah, yes. Six weeks, those kids at home. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> but it's a joy, amen. It's a joy, it's a joy, it's a joy. And so last, last week, you know, when Tanya spoke to you, she spoke to you about Christmas, some aspects of Christmas. Today, I'm going to talk to you about Christmas a little bit more. And then next Sunday, we're having our last communion service for the year. Can you believe it? Just the other day, we're having our first communion service for 2019. And next Sunday, it's our last communion service for 2019. And then the two Sundays after that, and on Christmas Day, we're going to be talking about, uh, hey, how about Christmas? <laughs> All right? There's a lot to be said about the Christmas story. And, and today, my message is called Christmas or Xmas. I don't know about you, but since my young days, I've, I've, I've been intrigued by this. You know, where some people, they abbreviate the Christ in Christmas with an X. You know, like Xmas. Now, I understand it's a nice abbreviation, you know, but the thing is when people put X instead of Christ in the Christmas, it is so easy to forget that Christmas is about And when you start using Xmas long enough, eventually instead of saying Merry Christmas or Blessed Christmas, people just say Happy Holidays. Have you seen that? Some people are ashamed to say Merry Christmas or Blessed Christmas. They go, Happy Holidays. Now, of course, in South Africa, it's kind of confusing because like the whole of December is a holiday month, isn't it? South Africa kind of stops in December. It's the only country in the world that knows about this because we've got the holiday season and then we've got Christmas in the middle of all that. So yeah, it's okay to say happy holiday when you're, re when you're referring to the holidays, when people go on vacation and so forth. But Christmas is Christmas. And I like to emphasize that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas. Christmas or Xmas. And we're going to dive a little bit into some, into some things here. Ah, to many, Christmas means the following things. And let's see if you identify with any of this. Of course, if you've got children, you know. Christmas is about gifts. They love it. And youth as well. They also love gifts, right? Yeah, yeah. And young adults. And middle age. Yeah? And, and those over 55. Who does like a gift? But to many, Christmas is about gifts, 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 gifts. What am I going to get for Christmas? To others, it's about family. Family getting together. I mean, our brother and sister, they're going to see their family in England. It's been years since they've all been together, right? What, 18 or something years or more? And, and for the first time in all these years, they've been together. And it's wonderful when you've got this, this occasion, this opportunity to get the family all together. <laughs> of course, to, to some people, this is exactly what they dread. Because when their family comes together, Tani so-and-so comes along, you know? The one that is always giving everybody a headache and, oh, you know, but hey, family. To others, of course, Christmas means vacation, all right? You can switch everything off and you can get away and go to the seaside or go to the bush or go to whatever, you know, and enjoy vacation. No need to go to work and no need to, you know, do housework. You just relax. To some, <laughs> uh, it means good food and drink. 
You know that diet you never started in January? No point starting now, right? So might as well enjoy the good food and drink. We'll try again in January. So let's enjoy the good food and drink. And for many, Christmas is about enjoying all that. Of course, for some, Christmas is about the music and the decorations. It's nice, all the luchies and lacquer, it's nice. And of course, for some people, it's all of the above. You want family, vacation, food, presents, everything. The whole works. And that is very much what is portrayed, even through the, the commercials and, and so forth. There's one little problem, though, is that you could do all that and leave Christ out of it. Huh? I mean, you could go on vacation and not think about Christ. You could have a lack of meal and not think about Christ. You could have a family gathering and not even mention Christ. Right? You could exchange gifts and not mention Christ. And unfortunately, that's much of what the Xmas folks have been doing. They get together for Xmas. X meaning gift, family, vacation, food, decorations. And they kind of forget about the one whose season it is, isn't it? They leave Christ out of it. Christmas has been commercialized. And the media projects all these things. You'll have a wonderful Christmas. Get this. And if you've got that, if you've got some of those or all of those men, then you've got a wonderful Christmas. And what is missing in the commercial Christmas is the person of Jesus and his message to the world. I often say that, you know, Christmas is supposed to be celebrating the the birthday of Jesus. Okay, we'll get to that just now. We know it's not 25th. I'll I'll, I'll talk about that. But Christmas is supposed to be the birthday of Jesus. And it's... Christmas is the only birthday party I know where everybody gets together to celebrate a birthday, but the birthday boy gets completely ignored. Huh? Come on. People, they come together and they kind of give each other gifts. And they eat and they drink and they laugh and they have fun. And the birthday boy gets ignored. Huh? Wow. Those of you with birthdays today, you know, imagine you have a birthday party. You invite all of us to a birthday party. And we come to your home and we all bring gifts. And when you get to your home, we give each other gifts. And we eat all the food. And we dance. And we party. And we completely ignore you. And that's what many people do in Christmas. There was a time in our family when we used to get together for, for Christmas, especially when the children are younger, we would on purpose put an extra chair at the table. And another, another place, eh? Plate and everything. Kinda, and we all sit and then there is this chair. <laughs> okay? Kind of to intentionally remind us that this meal is not about us. It's about someone else. If it wasn't for him, we would not be here because in him we move and live and have our being. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, he's the one keeping you breathing. And so at least once a year, let's, let's remember that intentionally and give him the glory and the honor and the thanks for it, isn't it? But what was the origin of Christmas? Was Jesus really born on the 25th of, of, uh, of December? What is the origin of Christmas? Is it, is it pagan or is it Christian? Huh? Is it pagan or is it Christian? And, uh, Christian, and the answer is kind of uh, yes. <laughs> because it comes from both. 
really. It's a little bit of both. On the Christian side, there was, a, there was I don't know if it still is, but there was back in the day, a, a tradition that great men, they, they died on the same day that they were born or conceived. It was just a, a belief. And so, because they knew when Jesus died, which was, you know, if you go back to the Jewish calendar, the 14th of Nisan, you know, the day of Passover, we knew the date that he died. And so they kind of worked that back that would be equivalent to 25th of March. And so there was a, a thought which came in the early church in the second century or so, that Jesus was conceived on the same day he died. In other words, he was conceived on the 25th of March. Some churches still believe that today. Some of the more traditional, the older churches, they still believe and they celebrate that as the conception day, the day that Gabriel visited Mary. And they say, it happened on the 25th of March. Well, 25th of March, fast forward nine months, you come to what? 25th of December. And so the church began to kind of celebrate the birth of Jesus on the 25th of December. That was like the, the Christian tradition. And it was really a tradition because knowing the Bible does it say when Jesus was born. It doesn't say that. Bible also doesn't tell us to celebrate his birth. In fact, in the Jewish culture, they did not remember a person's birth. They remembered his death. In fact, if you go to Ecclesiastes, what it says there, it says that better is the day of death than the day of birth. And so the Jewish people would remember a person's death. And even in the early church, they celebrated the martyrs. They celebrated their day of death, not their day of birth. But for some reason, this tradition kind of crept in that we're going to remember the birth of Jesus. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But just understand, it is a tradition. It's not a biblical command, okay? And so that's how the 25th kind of came around in the church. However, there's also another side, which is the pagan side. Uh, and that is the pagans, they celebrated the winter solstice. In other words, the days in winter, the shortest days in winter, which was around about 21st and 22nd of December in the northern hemisphere. Remember, it's not South Africa, it's not the north, okay? And so those two short days, and, and remember, in, in Europe, in certain parts of Europe, during winter, it's literally dark. Like the whole day, you got a couple of hours of light and it's dark. And so the pagans would, on, on, those, on those shortest days, they knew that's the turning point. From here onwards, the sun is coming, the summer is coming. And so they would celebrate the victory of the sun over the darkness. And so they'd have parties and celebrate it and so forth and would celebrate the winter solstice. And so one of the Roman emperors, he, he loved to embrace all, as they conquered lands, they would love to embrace all these holidays. And so one of the Roman emperors, he decided to in, in, do this, uh, make this a, a national holiday, a public holiday. And so Emperor Aurelian on the year 274, 274, he instituted this holiday in the Roman Empire, but he put the 25th of December as the date to celebrate this turning around of the sun. So some argue that the church sabotaged a pagan holiday, all right, and made it a Christian holiday. Others argue that Emperor Aurelian, he actually chose the 25th as an attempt to give a pagan meaning to a date already important to Christians in Rome by that time. Because by that time they were already celebrating, the Christians were already celebrating uh, Christmas. So we don't know for sure, all right? 
but the fact is this, that everywhere in the world today where Christmas is celebrated, whether they believe in Jesus or not, they know that Christmas is related to the birth of Jesus. And you know, quite frankly, if the church sabotages a pagan holiday, I don't care. How about that? Where once they celebrate a pagan God, now they're thinking of Jesus. It's like when you go to, to, to Greece. Every hilltop in Greece has a Greek temple on it. Even people's private homes, if they live in an island or something, in their home, on the highest hill, there's a little Greek Christian temple. Why is it important to me? Because when Paul went to, to, to Athens, when he had that major discussion with the guys in Athens, introduced the gospel to the Gentiles, in those days, in the New Testament days, every single hill in Greece had a temple to an idol. Those guys had idols everywhere. Idols for everything. Today you go there, there's ruins of idol temples, but there are existing <laughs> Christian temples in every high place. Now, they might be not the best Christians or not always following Christianity because over the years it became more of a tradition, but I, I'm glad to see Christian temples instead of idols. How's that? I don't care. It, it, the fact is the message of the gospel penetrated and infiltrated. And the same thing with Christmas. It has become, a, it's an understood thing that the 25th is actually a Christian holiday and whether people are believers or not, they, we, we know this is the message. Now, of course, the unbelievers are trying to get back this holiday by trying to take it out of the calendars or trying to bring this happy holiday thing, but it just doesn't go away. The Christian message, you're going to malls, you hear Christmas carols and some of them are Christian. Hello? And it's a time of the year which is quite legal to say, hey, Merry Christmas. Now, for us as Christians, it's a great opportunity to what? To embrace the Christian message and bring it out. Amen? So, as I say, the Bible makes no reference to the date of the birth of Jesus, nor does it require us to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's up to each one to decide what to do. Now, I like celebrating Christmas in, in the Christian context, and I'll talk to you about it just now. But uh, Christmas is supposed to be a happy time, full of joy, fun, and laughter. However, the truth is that it's not real like that for many people. Why? For many people, Christmas is a reminder of everything they don't have. This time of the year is a reminder to many people of everything they don't have. You see, the commercials and everything is painting this wonderful picture of families together. But many families are broken. Some are incomplete. Some families this Christmas are going to have a very sad Christmas because for the first time, someone is going to be missing from the table because they died this year or they went away or there was a breakup in the family. And unfortunately, folks, it's a very sad time for some people. Many parents are feeling depressed because they cannot afford to give their families that desired vacation. They can't give them that delicious dinner. They can't give them those fancy gifts. Some parents have to explain to their children why they are not doing what everybody else is doing. For many, Christmas time is a time of depression and despair. It is definitely not a time of joy, of fun, and of laughter. Sometimes it is during this festive season that many of my colleagues and myself have to attend to people needing counseling. 
Some are depressed, some suicidal, all of them without hope because this season seems to emphasize and bring into focus everything that they don't have. Folks, what is the meaning of Christmas? Surely not what the marketing departments of the stores are projecting out there. Christmas has to mean more. Its message must be universal. The angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Luke 2, 14. This message has to touch everyone. It has to touch the poorest of the poor. Those poor shepherds, they, they, were, they rejoiced with this message. This message has to touch the richest of the richest. Those wise men, those, those kings from the east, this very same message enriched their lives. It brought hope and meaning both to the poor and to the rich, both to the have-nots and to the haves-everything. Christian message, Christmas message, has to be more than just all this empty stuff which the world is throwing at us. What is missing in the commercial Christmas is the person of Jesus and his message to the world. What is the message of Christmas? Let me take you to Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. It's a message prophesied by Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Notice his play on the words. Unto us a child is born. Mary had a child. A child was born out of Mary, but a son was given to us by Father God. Here we see the incarnation. Here we see the blending of human and divine coming together. That is the greatest gift that earth could ever have received. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I need someone like that in my life. What about you? That brings me hope. That gives me joy. It's not a thing. It's a person. And I'm, I'm reminding myself and remembering at this season, as, as I do throughout the year, but this season we focus on this and remember this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and of his kingdom to order it and establish with judgment, just, judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What is he talking about? The message of Christmas is above all a message of hope. Hope that there is a future where peace and justice will prevail. Amen. You see, Christmas is about the birth of the Savior. Not many people took notice of his birth. Yes, we have recorded the shepherds and the, the magi and so on, but most people did not notice the arrival of Jesus on the planet. But the child grew up and he revealed himself to be the son of God. He did many signs and, and wonders to prove that he was who he said he was. Some believed him, some did not. But Jesus came through on all that he said he would do. On all of his commitments and promises. And above all, on what he said about himself. I will be killed, I will be buried. But on the third day, I will rise again. Jesus came through on every single claim that he made, including that he would rise on the third day. Hallelujah. He did rise on the third day. He is alive and he will come back again. So yes, I, I celebrate Christmas. Let me tell you why. 
and, and these are just some reasons I have. You can choose to embrace them or not. But number one, I celebrate Christmas because it, to affirm a historic firm, the fact that Jesus did exist and he was born. It says in Matthew, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Jesus was born. You see, if Jesus hadn't been born, he wouldn't exist. He couldn't have become our savior. So the beginning of his story is right here. And I'm here to affirm that Jesus was born. We don't know the date, of course. Some of the experts today, the scholars, they, um, they affirm that Jesus was born like towards the end of December or beginning of October. Okay? Uh, end of September, beginning of October. My birth is on the 21st of September, so I know that great people are born in September. <laughs> Sorry. So I cannot tend to go with the end of September for Jesus' birth, you know, but in my opinion, okay? But the, but the fact is this, it's okay. The fact is, this month, it's a good time to affirm that, you know what? Jesus did exist. He was born. One day, the Son of God became a man, and he was born in Bethlehem. And this is a good time because people are in like this, this Christmas mood, and it's good just to remind people gently. When you go shopping, we're in the street and walking around, and just wish them a Merry Christmas, not a happy holiday, Merry Christmas. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season, huh? We remember that he was born. And you'll be amazed that somehow at this time of the year, people seem to be more open for this kind of thing. Another reason is to declare my faith in the one being celebrated. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, of course, this doesn't happen only in Christmas. I, I'm, I'm proclaiming the gospel throughout the year. But somehow, at this time, it's easier to talk about Jesus. You, you might hear a song playing in the background, you know, joy to the world. You know, and, and people in that kind of mood and say, ah, is it wonderful that Christ was born? And he came for you, man. He came to, to die for you, for your sins. So remember, eh, Jesus is the reason for the season, okay? And somehow people are more open and use every opportunity at this time of the year to plant seeds, to plant seeds and to remind those around you as the Lord gives you opportunities that the one being celebrated is Jesus and declare your faith in him. Number three, it's a good opportunity to pro proclaim God's love. In other words, the gospel, wherever possible. Acts 4.12 says, there is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There are many gods in this world, but there is only one savior. And now it's a good time to remind people about that. Hey, we celebrate in Christmas because he is the savior of the world. Remember that. And pass that message on as much as you can. Because people need to hear that message. That message brings hope. And when we embrace Jesus, our emptiness is filled. Amen. And then finally, number four, I celebrate Christmas because it brings hope to the hopeless when opportunity arises. Use Christmas to bring hope to the hopeless when opportunity arises. Again, we don't do, don't do it only in Christmas. We do it all the time. But somehow in Christmas, some people are more open to it because like I said just now, this season, many people come face to face with their hopelessness. And you can come along such a person, alongside such a person and say, hey, I know it's been tough, man. I know it's tough. But hey, someone loves you. Forget about all the glitter of this world. 
Forget about all the commercial nonsense. Money cannot buy hope. Somebody had to pay a price for true hope. And Jesus paid that price. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he's willing to fill that emptiness. To become everything to you that no one else can be to you. And so let's use this season to bring that message of hope. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. You see where joy and peace comes from? Not from the goodies, but from God. Hallelujah. The God of hope. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus brought hope. He changed history. And today the same Christ and the same gospel message continues to bring hope to the world. Amen. 2019 has not been an easy year, guys. It's been a tough and rough year. It has been peppered with wonderful news and with horrible news, both in South Africa and internationally. We have witnessed great tragedies and we have witnessed magic moments. Like in South Africa, you know, we, the, the victory of the Boca bringing the cup home, you know, it was, it was magic, wonderful moments. But that was only a few moments. Guys, we don't need magic moments. We need continuous and constant hope. And only Jesus is our constant hope. And, and, and his hope is not a kind of a, a, a que sera, sera kind of hope. You know, let's, let, let, let's hope you help us. No, 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 no. The hope that God brings to us is a sure hope. We can trust in him and on the hope that he brings. Hallelujah. In his first coming, Jesus came as a humble, suffering servant. His entrance in the world was obscure and humble. But he's coming again. And when he returns, it will not be a quiet entrance. It will not be obscure. Every eye shall see me. Every knee shall bow. He will come in power and majesty and glory to establish his kingdom on earth and bring peace and justice forever. Hallelujah. There will finally be true peace and true justice on this planet. But you don't have to wait for that day to have peace in your heart. We can have it today because peace is in a person, in the person of Jesus. And if we just surrender our lives to him, allow him to be the king of our lives. We've been singing about the king today. Let him be the king of our lives. Christmas celebrates and remembers the coming of the king. And if I allow him to be the king of my life, I can experience peace and joy no matter my circumstances. I don't have to have all the fancy cakes and all the fancy toys and all the flashy stuff. No matter where I am, with whatever I've got, I can feel peaceful and I can feel the joy of the Lord. It's a great blessing if I can have friends, family, some gifts, some food. Those are all extra blessings, but it doesn't change the fundamental peace which comes from inside because the king is inside. The prince of peace is inside. The Lord of lords is inside. Amen. So my desire to you is that you'll have a Christmas season filled with hope coming from the God of hope 
May you be filled with joy and peace as you believe in the Prince of Peace, who is wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father. No matter the circumstance, know that we do have a future, and it is in His hand. And may you have a hope-filled Christmas season. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and let's close in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray that everyone listening to this message, both those here in the house and those listening to this recording, will receive today, Lord, the message of Jesus. And put the focus of Christmas not on all the stuff that's around us and that the world presents to us, but put their eyes on the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus Christ. His message. The King. The Prince of Peace. Our Lord. Our Savior. Lord, Fill our hearts with your hope and help us, Lord, in this season not to be distracted with all the fleshy lights and entertainment and everything else the world offers, but help us to be sensitive to the true meaning and to be instruments in your hands as we wander amongst people, amongst family, and in our day-to-day lives, even our vacation, Lord, those going away and so forth. Lord, help each one of us to be aware of the reason and the true meaning of Christmas and to be ready to share a word of hope, a word of encouragement to those around us. Fill our lives, Lord, with your presence and with your hope that we can truly enjoy the season knowing that Jesus is the reason for the season. We pray this in Jesus' name. And now may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon us until the day of his coming. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of all you going away, be blessed, enjoy the Christmas season, and a Merry Christmas to you. For those staying around here, our meetings continue throughout December, so see you next Sunday. God bless you. Amen.